Hey, good morning, church. Happy Christmas Sunday. In a few days, it will be Christmas, and then another week after that, and then 2020 will be over. And, and I don't know how many of you are looking forward to 2020 being over. I know I am. I am looking forward to 2020 being over. And, and I think we all admit, right, that 2020 has been like this crazy, crazy, crazy year from this global pandemic that, thank God, it looks like there may be some end in sight, to border closings, to social unrest, to, to an election that, um, that for some it was filled with controversy. Um, and, and, and it's really nothing like we had ever seen before. It's certainly nothing that I have ever seen before in my lifetime. And the word that is so often used to describe 2020 is unprecedented. And, and for many of us, 2020 was not only unprecedented in messing up our country, because the country is like messed up, messing up our, and on our way of living and the things that we would do day in, day out, but 2020 was really personal because it messed up life and it messed up our plans. And, and, and regardless of whether or not your plans were messed up by the pandemic or stuff dealing with that for many of us 2020 really messed up some of our plans that we all thought about really just got changed and and messed up you know when the year started you know many of us had we had plans for what 2020 was going to look like uh, for some of us it messed up our plans financially uh unemployment hit the highest numbers since the Great Depression, and, and, and maybe you're one of them who was like hit by that. So your financial plans were all messed up. And maybe you had plans for a big party. Uh, we had a big birthday celebration planned for my wife for a milestone birthday, and that got messed up. And maybe that happened to you too. Maybe some of you had wedding plans and, and you know, this big wedding you know, reception, and that got messed up. Uh, for some of you, it was college. You, you like went to high school, and now you're looking forward to getting away and going away to college, and and kind of being out in your own well. That got messed up. And some of you had retirement plans uh, that were, for one reason or another, were put off. Some of you had baby plans, and something happened. You know, whether it's an illness or or sickness or something, and and your plans for your baby got put off. Something outside of your control. And you could fill in a blank with all the problems, with all the plans that you had, all the things that you thought were going to happen in 2020 that got messed up. You know, and, and, and I know for me personally that 2020 messed up my plans. Uh, you know, w one of the things that I had planned to do, and, and I think you guys know this, right? I don't have many vices. I'm just a pretty normal, average guy. But the one thing I like to do a lot is I like to travel. I like to visit places. And so... You know, I had two trips planned this year. One trip is just a place I like to go to. I like to go to Jamaica, and I like to visit Jamaica, and it's just a fun place to be. So I had plans to go down to Jamaica. Well, well, that got messed up. But I had a really big bucket list trip planned. I had planned to go to South Africa and, and, um, and, and Zambia and, 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 um, and maybe even a day trip to Zimbabwe and and I, and I was going to fly, and we had these plans about we're going to have this layover in Dubai. It was like my dream trip of a lifetime, and that got messed up. 
And so while, while my travel plans and my messed up plans I just mentioned may pale in comparison to, to your plans and what you had messed up, the question I have for this morning is really kind of a theme question is, what do you do when you do everything right? What do you do when you planned everything out, you saved everything, you planned accordingly, and, 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 and you get something messed up? What do you do when you've invested in your marriage, in your relationship, in a job, in a ministry? And you've invested in this ministry, and you, or maybe you've invested in a church, and it doesn't like pan out the way that you want it to. What do you do when you feel like you're, you know, the plans that you have, right? You believe that God gave them to you. You believe that they're God-inspired. You believe that they're God-directed plans. You believe that they're God-honoring plans. And, and after all, right? God knows that your heart is in the right place. When you said you really believed that you heard the plans for whatever you had were from God. So what do you do when your really good plans get messed up? I mean, they're really not bad plans. They're really good plans. What do you do when they get messed up? What do you do when you're God-inspired, God-directed, plans get unexplicably messed up. Before we go further, let's just pray. Father, I ask that you just speak through me this morning as I deliver what you have laid on my heart to deliver. In Jesus' name, amen. In around 2000, and 20 years ago, an event occurred that started a chain reaction that messed up a lot of people's plans. The event was the birth of Jesus, and it messed up, it messed with people's jobs, it messed with people's political career, it messed with, it messed with their, their livelihoods, and, and, and today I'm going to tell you about two, the story of two people in particular whose plans got messed up when their lives were ever changed. You know, when Jesus came on the scene a little bit over 2,000 years ago, he messed up some career plans. <laughs> Luke, Luke, tells us, Luke tells us in, um, in chapter 2 of his book, verse 8 through 16, that there were some shepherds, and shepherds in the field, they were keeping watch over their flocks. And yeah, I just want you to imagine they're like a regular day, regular shepherd day, they're chilling out doing their job. And then, and then the, the, Luke tells us that this angel appeared and then he tells them something about the birth of Jesus and then many angels appeared in the sky and they left their jobs and they went, they left their jobs which was tending the sheep so the sheep was untended when they went to go see Jesus. <laughs> there goes that job. They abandoned their job, and I'm sure they lost their jobs over that. I think also that it messed up some family plans. And Matthew 2 tells us about um, some researchers, some astrologers. They, you know, in the Bible, it's, depending on your version, it's called the wise men. Well, these, these wise men, they saw a, a light in the eastern sky, and, and the light kind of looked like a star. And, and these men were so intrigued because it seemed like the light would move sometimes, 
the location of it. And so these researchers, these astrologers would actually move so that they could kind of observe and study this light. And, 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 and they followed it for almost two years. Two years of research. Two years of falling. Two years of sacrifice. Two years of missed anniversaries with their families. Two years of missed birthday. Two years of no soccer teams with their kids. Whatever they would do. And that's what it took to figure out what that light meant. That's what it took for them to discover Jesus. Two years of sacrifice. But all he, when Jesus came on the scene, he also messed up political plans. King Herod thought he was going to be overthrown by this baby, that he was eventually going to become the king of the Jews. And King Herod spent a whole lifetime worried about it. In fact, he was so worried about it at the beginning when he heard he ordered that every male boy within a certain age group be killed. Later in life, he messed up religious, his, that, that event messed up relig religious leaders' plans. The religious leaders, you see, had kind of developed this order, this order of things, that this is the way things should work. Everybody else is kind of down here, and we are the religious leaders, so we are like on top of the world. And along comes Jesus, and he has this kind of unorthodox way of teaching. But he's not only teaching stuff, but he's doing amazing things, like miracles that they can't do. And he's even challenging some of the things that they have, like, like they had laws around what you could do on the Sabbath. And, and then Jesus challenged the, law, the, the norms that they would have, like the, the, the religious leader wouldn't hang out with people who were like unclean, and when I say unclean, you know, they were like prostitutes, but Jesus hung out with prostitutes. He hung out with IRS tax collector dudes. And man, everybody started to follow Jesus. And when Jesus came on the scene, he, he completely messed up this nice religious order that they'd established. And it threatened their very existence. And Jesus messed up all these people. But, but the two people that I really want to talk about are the two people who I believe whose most of all their plans got messed up. It was Mary and Joseph. And here's your story as told by Luke and Matthew. In Luke 1, 26 through 38, I'm just going to read this to you. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth, that was Mary's cousin, Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. And she was engaged to, to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, <laughs> greetings, favored woman. Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Uh, Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. The angel said, don't be afraid, Mary, because you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, and he'll be great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel Forever, his kingdom will never end. And then, and then Mary asks, he goes, how can that be? How can this happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High God will overshadow you. And so the baby to be born will be holy, and he'll be called the Son of God. And what's more, your relative Elizabeth 
has become pregnant in her old age. And people used to say that she was barren, but now she's in her sixth month. And Mary, oh yeah, you need to know something that nothing is impossible with God. And Mary responded, she goes, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything that you've said about me come true. And then the angel left her. You see, that was Mary's story. But in Matthew, Matthew tells us about Joseph's story. In Matthew 1.18, he says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. And as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you're to name him Jesus, for he will save people from their sins. When Joseph woke up, he did as the, as the Lord had commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. Why don't you talk, think a little bit about <laughs> messed up plans. You talk about some messed up plans. Mary and Joseph were just two ordinary people who just wanted to get married and have ordinary little Mary and Josephs or whatever little babies. And, and Mary was about 15 years old and, and, you know, like anybody else, you can imagine the excitement that she's had of getting married, you know. She had all these plans. She had all this preparation. When she meets up with an angel, the Bible really doesn't say how the angel met her, but I would venture to say it's not a dream. I believe it were the Bible would mention it like it did for Joseph, where it said that Joseph was in a dream. And I, I want you to, for a moment, put yourself in Mary's shoes. And like, you know, just pretend you're there, right? Pretend it's you and you're walking down the street and, and you meet some guy. And the guy says, hey, by the way, you know, put your name in there, Shakira. My name is Gabriel. And guess what? You're going to be pregnant without having sex. And that baby's going to be God. Uh, Mary's reaction is just like any of the other ladies <laughs> whose reaction is like, <laughs> like if some random person said, <laughs> how can this happen? This is impossible to happen. I'm a virgin. Actually, that's if Mary's being nice. Your response probably wouldn't be as nice. You'd be like, get out of here, you crazy man. But you can imagine that Mary's trying to explain this all to her parents, and she's trying to tell her parents, you know, she's trying to tell her parents, friends. And, and can you imagine, like, the gossip and, and the scandal? I, I can't, you know, it's like, I imagine her going up to Joseph and says, hey, Joseph, man, I'm, I'm pregnant. This baby is God's. And I want to say, if I was, like, engaged, when I was engaged to Donna and she pulled up with some junk like that, Let's just say that would not go over as well as Joseph. So talk about Joseph for a second. You know, talk about God messing up his plans. 
I remember just looking when we were getting married, thinking forward to my honeymoon, the anticipation of being alone together with my wife for the first time, intimate. Had all this expectation of what, you know, my honeymoon would be like. And I can probably bet that Joseph had the same expectation until <laughs> Mary unloaded on him. And um, I, 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 I don't know, you know, if I, if, if I were there and, and this was done and he unloaded me, I would think this is the biggest bunch of malarkey. Yeah, malarkey is a Joe Biden word. It's the biggest bunch of nonsense I've ever heard. And so that's why God had to tell him in a dream and he dreamt. And I, I don't even know if I dreamed, to be honest, you know that Mary was telling the truth, that Donald was telling the truth, I believe it, but Joseph dreamt and he believed that he was telling the truth. But needless to say, it messed up their plans. You know, when um, our plans get messed up, there are really only a few reasons why our plans get messed up. Uh, sometimes our plan gets messed up because the devil messes up our plans. Uh, and the devil, is like, the devil is this evil guy that he likes nothing else to do but to steal our joy. He likes nothing else to do but to see us like down in the dumps and stuff like that. And so he likes to bring people and he likes to bring situations and he likes to bring temptations and he likes to bring anything into our lives to trip us up. But you know, I think we give the devil way too much credit sometimes. And in doing, giving the devil too much credit, we give the devil too much power. And the fact is that the devil can't directly mess with us. The devil cannot touch us. The devil cannot physically harm us unless God allows it. And here's a newsflash for you. I don't believe that God allows that. Very often. See, I don't believe that God is up there sitting out, doling up, mess up Gary rights out to the devil. He's like, okay, you get two rights today to mess him up. Right, you know, giving it to Satan and his cohorts. So because I know that doesn't happen, the devil has to resort to other tactics for messing up our plans. And his primary method of messing up our plans is through temptation. And sometimes it's not necessarily through you that he's tempting you. He oftentimes tempts somebody else to do something to you that if they've listened and they follow through, it messes up your plans. It messes up with our plans. But more often than not, it's not the devil who's messing our plans. Sometimes our plans get messed up because we mess up our plans. And, and this is how the devil wins a lot of the times. He gets us to mess with our own plans. And, and one way that he does this is through impatience, right? You know, we get impatient, and, and we just literally can't wait on God's time. And like, God's taking too long, man. Come on, get with it. Get with it. Get with it, God. Come on, get with it. Get with it. And so we cut corners. And, and, and because God's taking too long, we'll take matters into our own hands. And it's like, I, I got to take care of this situation. If you're a follower of Jesus, oftentimes that is what happens. Oftentimes you simply don't wait on God's timing. If you don't believe me, just think back to your own situations and think back to your own stories and think back to how many times your problems were caused by 
Or as Jamaicans say, buyaka. By self-inflicted gunshot wounds. I think about all the things that go on in the world, you know, unplanned pregnancies, abortions, sexually transmitted disease. It happened because people couldn't wait on God's time and regret. Jails full of people with, who <laughs> took matters into their own hands. So many people lost their job and got fired because they took matters into their own hands. There's so many unrealized relationships because you know the story. You might have felt somebody was good for you and the right person for you, but you couldn't wait, right? So, yeah, you know that song? I think the song goes, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. <laughs> and... <laughs> And the list goes on and on and on. And if we're really being being honest, I believe if we were really being honest and we're really being honest with ourselves, we would realize that it wasn't the devil. He just brought the temptations. We just took the bait. And in the process, we mess up our plans. But you know, there are are times, and, and, and I believe... This, is, this one happens more often than we realize. It happens certainly more often than we think. That sometimes our plans get messed up because God messes with our plans. God messes up our plans. And these are the times when, despite the best intentions, despite the best preparation, despite... Most prayer. God messes up our plans and does something so differently than we planned for. So differently than we expected. That can be really annoying, right? And, and I believe that when God messes up our plans, he really does it for, you know, there's like a number of reasons why he messes up our plans. One of the reasons why how why God messes up our plans is sometimes he's just really trying to get our attention. When you think about your plan, then sometimes God is trying to get your attention. And in Mary and Joseph's case, he used some supernatural means to get their attention to let them know how special they were, right? He used an angel. And sometimes God does that. He brings a complete stranger into our lives and to providentially interrupt our flow, interrupt our normal course of events. He brings somebody in life to, to kind of cause something to make us have to take a different path than we normally would have taken. I believe that God still does that sometimes. And some of you know that's kind of how I ended up becoming the pastor of PCC. Yeah, I never really wanted you know, this role. I had, I, had, I had other plans for my life. And through a series of events that took me to a, a Spanish Christian concert, I didn't even know it wasn't going to be in Spanish, some random lady next to me prophesied over me and told me about this for such a time as this. You know, and I believe that God does some extraordinary things to get our attention. And he does it when he can't get our attention sometimes through ordinary means. And, and, 
And the fact is that God is always speaking, but we aren't always listening. And God has like this treasure, it's like a tongue twister, this treasure trove of stuff that he's trying to um, communicate with us. It's treasure trove of stuff that's tailor-made for us that he's like, hey, I got a message for you. I want you to open up the Bible and read because you're going to find today that when you read the Bible, there's going to be something in there that speaks to you and your situation. And it's going to be good for you, but he can't get our attention because we don't open it. He does the same thing with pastors and preachers and stuff. But, you know, he's like, hey, there's a message there for you. You need to go to church and you need to listen to this. You need to turn on this podcast. But, but we, don't, we don't do that, right? Because, you know, it's, it's the bed is so much easier to stay in. And, yeah, I'll click the online service later on. Yeah, maybe later on tonight. Oh, maybe tomorrow. Maybe the next day. So you don't hear, you don't listen to the message that God has to you. And, and the same with your God, you know, with, friend, with wise counsel. You don't surround yourself. You have no Christian friends. You have no small group. You have no, no accountability partner. You, you, and, and so, you know, reality is that you're not getting a message. Or sometimes you hear it and you just refuse to listen. And so God uses extraordinary means to get your attention. But you know, I believe another reason why God sometimes messes up your plans, messes up our plans, is when he has a different plan. He messes up your plan when he has a different plan for you. I don't know if you realize this, right? I say it all the time, but I don't know if you realize that you were created for a specific purpose. Or, I would say, created for specific purposes. You're created for purpose. Sometimes your purpose is the entire lifespan. Sometimes you have a purpose for a season. And when that season is up, God wants to move you to someplace else. It's kind of, you know, it's illustrated the fact that he told in Jeremiah, Jeremiah, he told him in Jeremiah 29, he's like, hey, Jeremiah, I know I have some, I know the plans I have for you. These plans are not going to harm you, Jeremiah. Rather, it's going to make you prosper. These plans will give you good hope and a good, feature, and a good future. And the same is true for you. Before the foundation of the world, God created you for such a time as this. And the fact is that because of this, if you're not doing the this that God has created you for, for such a time as this, then you're always going to feel unfulfilled until you discover your purpose or your purposes and start living at it. And that's why sometimes God has to intervene. And sometimes we, we may be headed down a path and that path is taking us away from our purpose. Or, or sometimes we're headed on a path that God said to go on, and you're walking on this path that God said to go on, and you're walking down it, and then God says, it's time to change course. And you're like, no, 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 I like this path. And God's like, this time is done. It's time to change course. And he's like, no, 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 God, I like this. And then he flips you, pushes you around another corner so fast that it gives you whiplash. I can tell you this about God's plan, right? Whenever he does that, whenever he, he forcibly changes your plan is, is because <laughs> I want to tell you that his plan is always bigger than our plans. You see, God can see everything. He, he sees around corners. 
He's a bigger perspective than you. He's a bigger perspective than me. He's a bigger perspective than us. But I, but I tell you something, that when God gives us that whiplash and changes course, one, another thing I want you to know today is that God's plan is oftentimes harder than our plan. You know, when you think about Mary and Joseph, there's no way it could have been easy to be an unwed mother in that culture, especially in that culture. It couldn't have been uneasy to travel to two to three days on a donkey around your due date. And I can imagine Mary thinking, she's like, God, is this really your plan? Did I really hear? Is that Gabriel dude really? I'm like, well, yeah, I'm pregnant. I didn't have sex. But I'm like, how can this be a good plan? God, did you forget me somewhere along the way? Especially when she had to run out to protect her baby. And sometimes we're in this thing that God switches us and we're like, and the road is hard. And, and we think, like, God, there's no way I could be hearing you clearly because it's not supposed to be this hard. I think about Joseph. I think, man, what kind of ridicule that Joseph would have endured. Imagine Joseph going and telling his friends, you know, like, hey, Hey, Mary's pregnant. And they're like, dude, man, you couldn't wait? I was like, nah, man, it's not me. It's really God's child. Hey, you know, guys could be cruel. Imagine one of your friends, guys, imagine one of your friends coming and telling you that, hey, my, my fiance is pregnant. She's never had sex, man. It's God's baby. Man, you would laugh them to scorn. And I can imagine Joseph going through many periods of doubt, when you wonder, like, is this really God? Like, I was very messing with my head. The fact is that God's plan can be hard. It can be really hard. But if we stick it out, I think we'll find out that God's plan is always more rewarding than our plan. His plan has a way of bringing us significance his plan has a way of giving us purpose. His, his plan has a way of giving us satisfaction. His plan has just a way of giving us joy. But I think there's a third reason why God sometimes messes with our plans or messes up our plans. I think God messes up our plans when he's trying to get us to trust him. And, and sometimes, you know, he's trying to get us to exercise our faith muscles faith muscles. If the shirt was tighter, I'd show you my muscles. And as I mentioned before, that change in course is really hard, and sometimes God has to yank the steering wheel out of our hands. In order to make you trust him. When you realize that I have no control, that's when you say, Jesus, take the wheel. When he does that, he's like, trust me. The fact is that God's got your back and God's got your side and God's got your back. Well, he's got your front and he's got your head. He's got the side of your head. God's got your head side. He's got your toe. And you can trust him. And you can believe in him despite the circumstances.
And there's a verse in the Bible that, you know, if anybody asks me what's my favorite verse in the Bible, I, I have like, you know, like top five that I go to all the time. Romans 8.28 is the one I go to all the time that whenever I don't understand what God's doing, when he flips the plan around, I, I, I like the way it says this because it's a foregone knowledge that if you know Jesus and you trust and you put in faith in Jesus, you stand on the knowledge even when your circumstances doesn't say, that, doesn't say that. And it says in Romans 8.28, I like how it starts out, it says, and we know that. And we know that. It's like, it's not, and we feel that, and we think that. No, 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 it's not that. And we know that God causes everything to work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose for them. And in the times when I don't understand what God is doing and he yanks the wheel out of my hand, this verse gives me comfort because I rest in the end we know that knowledge. It lets me know that I know, that I know, that I know, that I know, that I know. That when the devil messes with my plans, God is working it out for my good. When I mess up, I mess up my own plans, God is working it out for my good. When God messes up my plans, God is working it out for my good. You know, many of you like watching this sermon today, you probably want, you know, I don't know how you end up watching watching this sermon. Maybe it's because it's Christmas Sunday and that's what you do on Christmas Sunday, right? You go to church. Even if it's online, you go to church. And some of you may be here because somebody bugged you and it's like, hey, come check out my church. And every week they forward you a link and they come check out my church, come check out my church. And you're just like, all right, I'll go. Or maybe you're here because you're on Facebook. You just happen to be on Facebook or somewhere and something clicked up in your news feed and and in your social media feed and you <laughs> and you clicked on it or maybe you're here because you clicked on the wrong link. You meant to go watch some other church and you clicked on this link instead. And you could have come here through different reasons or different means, but but I believe that God in his infinite wisdom foreknew that you're going to be here today. And God, knowing that you're going to be here today, made plans for you to hear this message. You are here today because God wanted you here. And so, my question to you My question to you today is why did God bring you here? If he wanted you here to hear this message, he must want you to do something with the information that he brought you in this message. I don't care where you are in life, whether you have been a long-time follower of Jesus or... or you're, you don't even care about Jesus. God wanted you here. 
You know, the, um, the wise men in the biblical account, these wise men were just scientists. They were just researchers. These guys were not believers in God. They're just scientists. They were just trying to find out truth and trying to find out knowledge and following this star in the east. And, and, but after researching this star in the east, the overwhelming evidence pointed them and directed them to Jesus. And they could have ignored it. You know, they could have, as I said, they could have seen this, um, the star and, and thought, well, maybe it is God, like it says, and, you know, like we believe that it is, or maybe it isn't. But I don't have time to follow it. I'm going to ignore it. But instead, they chose to follow it. And in the process, they became more than seekers, they became believers. There's a message in there, I believe, for you. God told Jeremiah, he's like, you know, you will seek me, just like the wise men, and you'll find me if you seek me with all your heart. If you want to find God, you've got to start out by seeking. And so today I believe that God wants you to be wise men, to be wise women, and to do the same, to change from being seekers into believers. And I believe that that's the message for you today, for some of you today, for Christmas, for others of you. I want you to remember that when God messes with your plans, messes up your plans, he's not messing up your plans. Let's just pray. You know, as I pray, I want to say a prayer that there's really nothing magical about it. It's just really, praying is just really talking to God. And, and if you're feeling right now that God brought you here to, as a seeker, and he wants to leave you as a believer, I just want you to say this prayer with your own mouth as I say it, just say it after me. God, please, this Christmas, I want to follow your plan. I want to trust you in your plan because your plan is always better than my plan. Take control of my life, forgive me of my sins, and I commit to following you and your plan. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you did that, welcome to the family. And again, I, I want to leave a message, right? for all the people who had rough 2020s where your plans got all messed up. Because for you, you're looking right now and 2021 is just another day. Now, 2021 is starting out the way 2020 is ending, kind of bleak. But you can be rest assured of three things in 2021. Number one, God still has a personal plan for your life. He still has a personal plan for your life and it's not too late to start living it. Number two, God will be with you no matter what you're going through in 2021. Number three, God will provide meaning, purpose, and fulfillment in your life if you get to know, if you get to know God and discover his purpose for you. Without that, your life will always feel that it's missing. With that, 
your life and your 2021 and your Christmas and your New Year's will be the very best. Hey, God bless you. This coming Wednesday, Christmas Eve service, um, it's actually, we're just having a Christmas special. It's not even a service, it's a special. Um, it's a Christmas special. Looking forward to see you. Have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday.